You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hey everyone, it's Maggie Lake. Usually on this show, we stick to four different trades, but during our interview with Rick Rule, he gave us a bonus trade that blew me away. Here's a special release of that trade, and remember that you can catch the full episode with Rick wherever you get your podcasts. One other lesson, if you'll indulge me outside resources, that I'd love to talk about if you give me a fifth trade. Yeah, sure. Bonus trade. Let's do it. You know, coming out of the 1970s, as soon as I got some money, that is to say, as soon as I got ahead, I wanted to get some out of the, off the table. Uh, I wanted never to be in a position again where I want sub-zero. And I looked for opportunities outside resources and outside conventional financial services, which I uh, also understood, to get some money on the sidelines. Uh, and one of the things I decided is in terms of general market securities, that since I didn't know them well, uh, I needed to be involved in them because I could see that interest rates were going lower. But I needed somebody who was much better than I. Uh, and the best guy that I could see, the person whose narrative appealed the most to me was Warren Buffett. And as was my want, because I didn't want to lose money again, I did a very deep dive into Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. And what I learned is that in addition to being a very smart, very disciplined stock picker, that he had organized his life in a way that had a durable competitive advantage, which is to say that he had organized Berkshire Hathaway as an insurance holding company. And he could, because of the regulator's fondness for solvent insurance companies, build up policy loss reserves. He called them float, where if he had a long-tailed liability, he could assign a loss reserve and take the booked loss off his ordinary income as long as he didn't dividend or salary out the float. What that meant was, despite the fact that Mr. Buffett was eagerly telling me that I had to pay more tax, his effective tax rate at Berkshire Hathaway was between 10 and 11%. He built up this float, uh, this deferred policy acquisition cost, or this policy loss reserve within Berkshire Hathaway. So not only did he have maybe the most successful closed-end fund in the world, which is part of what Berkshire Hathaway was, but he had it within a tax wrapper where he was a prior taxpayer. And when I looked at the ability of having my money managed by uh, as astute as an investor as he was on an after-tax basis, it became very clear to me that that is the place where the bulk of my non-extractive, non-conventional financial services wealth could go. And when I look back now, I'm struck by how important durable competitive advantage and discipline is and how important compounding is over time. Again, you have a circumstance where in the 40 years probably that I've owned Berkshire Hathaway, I would suspect that there have been four circumstances where over 12 or 15 months, 18 months maybe, the price has fallen by 40 or 50%. And it doesn't matter. If you look at the chart going back 40 years, those 40% declines are imperceptible. They were unpleasant while they occurred, but anybody who had the ability to do the arithmetic around Berkshire Hathaway, and note that Warren Buffett's uncanny ability 
to build up cash during ebullient markets and deploy the cash during bad markets would understand that those 40 or 50% declines were pleasant rather than unpleasant circumstances for long holders. Think back to the 2008 financial events and how those of us who were cognizant of the events were uncomfortable then. But not Buffett. Buffett described 2008 as being, quote, a kid in a candy store. Yeah. He had the ability to write convertible preferreds in Goldman Sachs and Bank of America, yielding 12s. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that well. It was, it was incredible. Uh, and I think that's an important lesson, too. If you can invest in a superior business behind a superior person with a definable competitive advantage, and, and certainly the tax-sheltered nature of the deferred policy acquisition cost and the risk gave Berkshire a definable competitive advantage, then what you have to do is let compounding work. And you have to understand that very bad market circumstances, which is to say huge sell-offs, are a huge advantage to you because they're sales. Many investors treat financial goods and physical goods differently. Maggie, if you, in the winter, decided that you needed to upgrade your winter coat and get a better winter coat, I don't know where you live, but if you went to some regional shopping mall and you saw a coat that you thought had been a reasonable value uh, on the shelf for, I don't know, $400, I don't know what coats cost, and all of a sudden, uh, as a consequence of COVID or something, the, that the coat was for sale for $200, you'd think that that was superb. You might even buy two. Yet, if you owned a share of something at $400 and you saw it marked down to $200, although the utility was the same, you'd think it was horrible when, in fact, you should buy two. And the lesson around Berkshire Hathaway is that the utility offered up by that business in the tax wrapper is so extraordinary that when it falls by half, if you've already done the work to understand the value, it's a good thing, not a bad thing. And you buy two. Rick, this has been a tremendous conversation uh, with so much knowledge shared from your experience. Thank you so much for doing this today. Thank you. Fascinating insight from Rick about what he learned from Warren Buffett. To hear more conversations like this, subscribe to My Life in Four Trades wherever you get your podcasts. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.